Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode is called The Secrets of Birchview Drive. New episodes. New year, new episodes. New secrets. More new secrets. street names. N- yeah. New You know, states. I don't love it when they use the street names. And I just find that silly because I think it's great. I mean, what could it be? Secrets in Connecticut? You yeah, like that better? There you go. I like a the killing specificity in Connecticut. Of it. It's one that we just disagree. We agree to disagree. A killing in Connecticut. We never have Connecticut murders. Use that to our advantage. Mm, it is true. So, the alliteration is good. So this is season 31, episode 13, the first episode of 2013, folks. Oh boy. It aired on January 6th, 2023. <laughs> and it is hosted by Andrea Canning. Andrea, surprised? No, they love when it's a mom, and I feel like Andrea fits in perfectly in New England. But we've had a few Andreas in a row. Yeah, I mean, I can't get enough, so I'm fine with it. No, I'm just saying, I feel like we had a few new episodes with Andrea. Yeah, this season has been sorely lacking in Dennis Murphy. I'm not going to worry yet. I'm just going to. I'm just. Does someone have eyes on him? I think there's a big thing coming. Yeah. So this episode takes place in Ellington, Connecticut, and it starts with these three ladies who call themselves the Three Musketeers. Their names are Peggy, Darlene, and Connie, which if I've never heard three names of three ladies who were on a 1950s bowling league together. Or just singing sisters, Peggy, Darlene, and Connie. Do up. Right. Throwing balls down the alley. Alley cat, alley cat. I'm Peg. Call me Spare Peg. I'm Darlene Lucky Strike. And I'm Gutterball Connie. Sorry, Connie, but there has to be one. They are best friends. Their houses are all right across from each other. They literally are so close that they walk into each other's houses without knocking which they make that sound like that's a great thing and i'm that is my literal worst nightmare it didn't why used are you to guys be. bragging about that we used to have discussions about some sort of a lucy and ethel situation yeah and i was fine with like cans with string because then i could not wear a bra and it would be fine but i don't well, want someone true. just coming in yeah, I think we never agreed to a just walking in door. It was always text first. Yeah, something. Yeah, but these are ladies that like talk about their kids. You pro- They probably talk about Cole's cash a lot. They're very cute. And one of the women, I believe it's Darlene, she seems to spend a lot of time looking out her kitchen window, doing a Folgers moment, drinking coffee, and sp- kind of good-naturedly spying on the neighborhood. I think she just looks out, checks around, sees what's going on. I think it's usually very benign stuff, like Jackie from down the street lets her dachshund poop on so-and-so's yard and she doesn't pick it up, and Greg is sleeping with his pool boy and his wife pretends not to know. It's all just suburban stuff. But then one day she's looking out the window and she sees a bunch of state troopers with guns pull up to... Connie and her husband, Rick, and their last name is Debate. So I'm sure one of our titles will probably have to do with that. To pull up to Connie and Rick's house. And this is two days before Christmas in 2015. And again, these houses are huge. This is not something you'd expect to see there. This is very nice suburbia. Except there is a lack of something there. Did you get it? Security cameras? 
fences. Yeah, no fences. No well, fences. You don't need good fences. You don't want, they don't want fences. To, they want their neighbors to just come right into their houses. I guess. I mean, I'm a big pran- fan of a privacy fence. Oh, uh, yeah. Fences get, make good neighbors, but... I'm just, I was surprised. These houses are obviously on very large lots and they're very large homes, but you can definitely see the back of another. If someone was coming out to go in their jacuzzi, you'd see them do it. Yeah, for sure. They'd just be from a distance. You'd see them walk out and get into the tub. Especially if you're like Darlene and may or may not have binoculars sitting by your kitchen sink so you can casually peep. I think you want Darlene to be Delia. and I, I think loved Delia I know, who had but, binoculars and looked at her neighbor. But I think Darlene is just not. I, I think, think she does look out her window a lot, but she has a nice view. I would look out too. Yeah, I would too. And the houses, the debates house is so nice that the friends call it the debates estates. Or, yeah. but debates debate, estates. Why wouldn't you say debates estates? If it's already pronounced debates, they're trying to make it fancier by making it like... Tarje. Debates. Estates. Volmar instead of Walmart. I think it's funny. I giggled. I wonder who came up with that. And I wonder how many glasses of wine in was it. <laughs> and I'm so happy it stuck because it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's cute. So the state troopers are pulling up to the debate's house because an alarm had triggered at the house. And then there was a strange 911 call. An intruder apparently was there, but had flown, fled on foot. He flew the coop and he fled on foot. There we go. The troopers are searching all the houses in the area, including Darlene's. And they have Darlene and her kids huddle in the bathroom, which is just terrifying. And they, he said, don't come out until I knock twice like this. And I would be like, I'm going to need a full on 14 part knock or a riddle code like a pup because I'm not answering the door for anybody until I'm sure that it's the trooper, not just casual to knock. Understood. It's going to be like boom, 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 boom. But it is terrifying. So the women are trying to reach Connie. Why are there state troopers at your house and they can't reach her? And then one of them hears this is Darlene and Peggy. One of them hears DOA on one of the police scanners That's and they bad. just freak out. Thankfully, Rick and Connie's kids were at school at the time. This is during the day. Rick is found bloody and zip tied to a chair, but he's still alive. Connie is the one that has died and she's been shot twice through the stomach and the back of the head. It's very sad because oh she was apparently a lovely, lovely, lovely woman. Yeah. So Rick is taken to the hospital. He's cut up, but not that badly. He's kind of bloody, but it all seems to be fairly superficial. He tells us that he had left for work, but as he was driving to work, he realized he forgot his laptop. And at the same time, he gets an alert from his home's alarm system. So he turns around, drives home, goes inside, hears something fall upstairs, and he thinks the cats must have knocked something over again. That's not what he says. What does he say? Do you have the end of the sentence that he says? No. What does he say? Because they're always a mess and obnoxious. Well, I I missed that part. (laughs) I mean, but did you hate Rick immediately? I just felt like, why do you even need to say it? That's a weird thing to say. He adds a lot of details to his story. And one of them is that he apparently hates the cats. Hold on. They make a loud and obnoxious mess. That's what he said. The cats make a loud and obnoxious mess. 
do you have a guess on how many cats they have? Do you, are you able to tell just by looking I don't think at someone? That, because that guy doesn't like cats. Yeah, but his So family... I think he's not allowing more than two. Oh, okay. See, Oliver really likes our cats. Yeah. He enjoys them very much. Too much, I really like might them. say. I wasn't supposed to have that many. It's fine. It happened. Here we are. Yes, you. but you look around and you're like, how did I get six cats? Yeah. What happened? No, I don't have six cats. Let's, I'd like to set the record straight. But I don't think, but you can't have just the kids enjoying the cats and the wife enjoying the cats and then the dad hates them to max. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So he hates these cats, obviously. Because they're a loud and obnoxious mess. What does he think about his children? If he thinks the cats are loud and obnoxious, they have two young boys. I'm worried for the cats in that house. I was really irritated. (laughs) It was a weird thing to say because of the situation he's in. Right. He's just... He's adding details that are not important to the severity of what has actually happened. And just nasty. Yeah. Just nasty. (laughs) It's weird. That's all. It's like complaining that there was stuff all over the stairs. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. What, okay. Some uh, bigger items are happening here. Yeah. Why, why are we focusing in on the cats who like to jump on things, Rick? Because they're bored because you probably are not buying them enough toys. I'm Can't blaming him. See how I flipped it around? I appreciate that. Thank you. It's not the cats that are bad. It's the cat owners. Thank you. So he gets home. Here's something he thinks is the cats. He goes upstairs and he sees in quotes, a camouflage dude in the closet looking for something of value. It's very strange the way he talks because in the one hand, he's very cash, like this camouflage dude. And then he says, looking for something of value. How long were you watching him that you could tell that that's what he was doing? Why are you saying it like you're a detective? I can't get a beat on Rick. It's very strange. You agree that he's, he's very hard, calm. right? He's way too calm. And normally you and I are pretty good about there's been trauma. Something's just happened. Everybody's got a different reaction. He gives me the willies a little bit. Well, they keep showing this photo of him in the hospital and he's shirtless and has blood on him. And he has a full on smirk on his face. I think it's just his face. I I did write it down. I do think his face is maybe built into a smirk because he has one cocked eyebrow and a half smile. He also has crazy eyes that are cross-eyed and way too close together. But no, they're not way too close together. They're just cross-eyed in the picture. I don't know why they keep showing that picture. What's (laughs) going on? Is that the police picture? Did they take that of him? Yeah, to show his wounds. and Yeah, or maybe the hospital did. It's It's bizarre. He's giving smoldering bedroom eyes in the photo with the smirk. Here's my thought. I think he's on some sort of sedative also, which is why he's probably sounding very, very calm. I'm guessing that they pumped him with something when he went in. And so maybe he's not used to it. So maybe that's the sort of heavy lid that we're seeing. But the little curled lip, I'm hoping that his lips just curl like that. I think they just do it because there's one shot that's from the side of his face and And it's even worse. He's grinning almost. So he's got just a curly lip and then the eyebrows just an accident. Yeah. That one eyebrows go into town. It really makes him look like he just killed his wife. 
<laughs> and is smirking about it. I hate to say it. I feel so bad. But you like know, when like you the, look the, at the, the meme picture of the lady who's wearing a fuzzy silk robe with fur on the collars and she's holding a martini and it's like me how I answer the door to the police after I just killed my husband. This yes. is the male version of that. That his expression. It a little if you took just his head and put it on a different put him in a velvet smoking jacket yes yes. yeah Yeah. it really it doesn't do him any service that this is the photo we keep seeing because immediately it probably would make most people say "Uh uh-uh buddy yeah Uh uh-uh so he says the masked man was big and had a deep vin diesel voice So then Andrea is kind enough to give some of us who are not super familiar with action movies a Vin Diesel Wikipedia tutorial. And Andrea calls him a megawatt Hollywood star, which I thought was generous. And then we see a bunch of... He's a name. He's a name. Then we see a bunch of clips of him flipping cars with Helen Mirren. And I forgot Helen Mirren was in one of those Fast and Furious movies. How weird is that? That was a Fast and Furious movie? Yes. And that was just such a weird flex for her. Good for her. And then she's fun. I like her. I mean, I love her. She's amazing. And Andrea says, Vin's deep, gravelly voice is instantly recognizable. And I thought, not by me. Not by me, but I get it. I think that, okay, it's just he's more trying to be like, this is a Vin Diesel type guy. It's this huge Dolph Lundgren type character. (laughs) Well, he kind of gets beat up by this guy. So maybe that's why he's making him sound so tough. Because he's like, well, he was just bigger than me. Otherwise, I could have taken him. And for a very good reason. This is going to be very important, I think. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) So the intruder was holding a knife and demanding Rick's pin number. And then... To what? Like... Cards? I don't know. Debit I mean, cards? a safe? Maybe the in safe? front of a safe in yeah. the closet? Okay, okay. So then Rick heard Connie come into the house, the garage door opening, and he yells, Connie, there's someone in the house. Get out. But he thinks she ran to the basement where there was another safe with a gun. So instead of running or calling 911, she ran to go get a gun. So no, the intruder didn't. knocks Rick to the ground to get Connie and runs towards Connie. For some reason, Rick chases the guy. But as he's approaching, the guy shoots Connie and then attacks Rick again, puts him in a neck arm thing, which I think means some sort of chokehold. Some sort of jujitsuing. guides him to a chair. Again, the language he's using is so strange. He puts me in a neck arm thing, guides me to a chair, which is what you do to a blind person. No, he shoves a ch- you in a chair. Yeah. Shoves, shoves you to a chair. Shoves you to the he ground. He gently guided me to a chair. Okay. He started using my own effing tools on me. Because again, we think that this Vin Diesel brought no tools of his own, but happened to find a Home Depot's worth of tools in the garage or basement and started using them on Rick. So he's fine zip ties and he zip ties Rick to the chair. And he stabs him with a box cutter, burns him with a handheld blowtorch. Again, why the intruder would have just shot Connie and is now deciding to torture Rick like he's a burglar in Home Alone, I don't know. So Rick is half tied up because this is totally how you tie someone up. You zip tie one arm 
and one leg to this folding card table chair. So in in the, so they have he has one arm and one leg still free, which he uses to attack the guy, and then the guy flees. And then Rick crawls upstairs whilst zip tied halfway to a chair and triggers the alarm and calls 911. It's an odd story to say the least. Sorry, where was the gun? The gun, we still don't, I never got a read on if the gun was from the basement in the safe or if the gun was the intruders. You didn't? I, I think it was their gun. I think it was too, but d- are we not told that specifically? Or I kept both- going back to try to Me find too. it and I couldn't find it. Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly with a little insertion, extra info for this episode. Katie and I had questions, so I went to Twitter and I asked Dateline producer and the producer of the episode, Michael Nardi, was kind enough to explain some things. So the gun does belong to Rick. He told investigators that he kept one in the master bedroom and the other in the basement and that Connie ran to the basement to get the gun, but the intruder wrestled it from her and shot her. However, according to the what investigators found, the gun was purchased shortly before the murder and they don't think Connie even knew it existed. So there's no concrete explanation how Rick got Connie into the basement, but he lured her there somewhere. That's the uh, theory. Okay. All right. I was I went over his story about five times because I don't there's so many parts that just Right. What are you it's, talking about? None, and a lot of it sense. doesn't make common sense. No. Especially her reaction to if it's told the way he said it, her reaction is not how I think most women would react. Well, most we find out she they had maybe just gotten the guns, we find out. She was not very comfortable or trained with the guns. So it does seem strange that it's nice that he's painting her like a hero in this story, like she went to get the gun to protect her husband instead of just fleeing and running to a neighbor's house. But I don't think that that's what would have happened. But yeah. that's the least part of the story that doesn't make sense. It it does. And we'll get to it. And I would love to give you my alternative story of what I think actually happened. Oh, later. great. Yeah. I'm so, trying to get people involved. Stay listening. Stay tuned. It's, it's coming. It's worth it. Kind of. Maybe. Rick is released from the hospital the very same day. So maybe the blowtorch that he was burned with was out of juice. Sorry, I thought that and he, he was barely the- box cut. No, he burned Vin Diesel with the blowtorch. Did you know he first got burned with the blowtorch and the box cutter? Then he burned Vin Diesel and then Vin Diesel ran. How did he, he get the blowtorch? He has one arm free. Then why did he allow himself to be burned in the first place or cut with the box cutter if you have one arm free? I don't know. Rick. Vin is a huge guy, and so I don't totally understand. He's 250 pounds of steroided muscle. (laughs) (laughs) Testosterone, the musical. I'll never get over it. I won't. So the family says Rick is devastated. He wants to go see the kids. He has to tell them that their mom is now gone. It's horrible. So the police are at the scene. The police find a window that they think the intruder got into the basement in. It's a here we go, John Benet. Stop it! I can't. I don't know if it is a big enough window for Vin Diesel to get into. 
I don't know if I could get into it with my size beautiful zone two area. I feel like it might get stuck. My boobs, I don't think could get through. Let's just be real. I just can't. I can't get. I can't do open basement windows anymore. I can't. I've spent too, too much time of my life on them. No, because of Jean Benet. I can't. Oh, yeah. we, I can't. I was like, nope, that's not it. I'm just like immediately, I immediately wrote it off. I was super biased about it. Sorry. I understand. So outside of the house, police find Rick's wallet. They think the robber took his wallet and dropped the wallet while he was fleeing. Because Friends. Vin Diesel is a notorious Butterfingers. He's known for that. Those bloopers for Fast and Furious are people just throwing him car keys to do a fast getaway, and he drops the car keys every time. To the Benny Hill music. That's the lost footage. (laughs) So they find all the stuff that Rick was attacked with in the basement, his own tools. And Andrea says all of these weapons are like a bad game of Clue. Oh, my gosh. I'll take Vin Diesel with the box cutter in the basement. And then they find the revolver, and it's near Connie's body. And at that point, I really thought we were going to find out whose gun it was. But no. We don't. No. She had her cell phone on her and a Fitbit, which will come into play later. Rick is the one who called 911, though. She had a cell phone on her, but she didn't call 911. So the debates were having a dispute with a contractor over a job that hadn't been done right. His name was Ken. And now a contractor might use those kind of tools as weapons. Those are his tools of the trade, but he would have brought his own tools, I feel like, a contractor. And the job would have taken twice as long as he had promised. But um, um. So they were going to sue Ken. They had had weird things happen. They had found a tower. They had already sued him. The lawsuit was over by the time this happened. And they had found weird things like their muffler had a towel in it and one of their windshields to their cars was smashed and they thought Ken had done it. And Connie told her friends that she and Rick were thinking of buying a gun. So this they didn't have a gun before this. Again, she was not trained in a gun. It was So why does Rick say that there were two guns in the house? When the police show up at the hospital, he says we have two guns in the house and one's in the basement. Maybe after she had told her friends that they did get some guns. Why do they buy two guns? I don't know. People who the house is huge. If I had a house that big, I would have a cell phone in every room. Because I'm not going to forget it upstairs. It's going to, I will never get the phone by the time it stops ringing. Not that I want to answer a ringing phone. Never. That's why you need the Dwight Schrute holster. But you know, like you, you are downstairs, your phone's dying, your charger is upstairs. So the contractor, Ken, admits that there was a civil suit and he had to pay them a few thousand dollars, I think, but it had already been settled. And he has an alibi. So it seems like this would not be happening now. And also, he's not a huge guy, and his voice isn't like Vin Diesel. So if Rick was trying to frame Ken, the contractor, why would he not describe the contractor instead of making up this third person who looks nothing like the contractor? Katie maybe has a theory. Of course I have a theory. Because... What happens if this guy is smaller and it looks like maybe Rick could have taken him? It looks like he wanted it to happen or it was staged. 
or it completely negates his story like you're actually a coward. And if this intruder thing is real and this person is very small, you could have saved your wife and you actually chose to sacrifice her. No, he says he tried to run. Like he says he in his story, he did nothing wrong. He just didn't run fast enough. Right. You, he's lying. Yes, of course. Right. But I'm saying size of the intruder is actually incredibly important. Incredibly important to Rick's story to make Rick look like the big man. The guy has to be bigger than him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if indeed the intruder story turns out to be true and he just didn't describe this guy accurately, the guy, the intruder, he screwed himself. Well, yeah. Because he had to make the intruder seem huge. Maybe if he had described a more slight guy, this guy, Ken Sweeney, could have a nephew. Who knows? It was actually a pretty viable thing. And there is some evidence that happens later that shows that it could have been someone else in the house. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying, I think that by making it this mysterious, giant, the rock type guy, you've just really hosed yourself, haven't you? Instead of making it just a normal person. Right. No, he definitely wants to look tough and wants to look like that's the only guy, the way the guy bested him was because he was bigger than him. Right. So in the freezing cold, hundreds of people come to Connie's wake and it's kind of unbelievable. They wait for like hours and hours in the freezing cold and Peggy and Darlene wait in line for three hours to talk to Rick. And when they get to the front, Rick says, how did you know my wife? Who are you? What's going on? And they're like, what? We enter each other's houses. Three Musketeers were in that bowling league that Kimberly made up together and the doo-wop group. What, how do you not know who we are? And so they thought maybe he was just in shock. I think, does he have face blindness that was triggered by the traumatic event? Traumatic-induced face blindness. Is that a thing? Yes. Or medication-induced face blindness. Sure. They also notice that he doesn't appear to have any scratches on him, and they think that that's very strange. And Connie's other best friend, Kim, says that he left the cemetery very early, and she thought that was weird. And then he also left the reception early, and Connie's sister-in-law thought that was weird. But Andrea points out there's no script for grief, which I thought was very well said. And I thought, maybe I shouldn't be judging. Maybe Rick has social anxiety like me and makes a plan with my therapist to leave places early because that's the only way I will agree to go at all. Mm -hmm. Either that or I'm allowed to take 10 minute breaks where I hide in the bathroom and play games on my phone and avoid people. There we go. It's the best. I just started a new game. In it, I get to be a super stylish amateur detective living in the roaring 1920s named June Parker. The game is June Journeys. I know you've heard of it. I am super late to the party on this. This game has made me think, A, that I can solve a mystery. I can solve the murder of my sister, who I don't have a sister. I also maybe could pull off 1920s feathered hats. Question mark. Yes. So June's sister is killed in this game and June has to solve it, which means I'm going to solve it. And all of you guys could solve it with me. I think we could solve it together. I've just started the game, but I'm like already so all in. It's so beautiful. It's like you're in an Agatha Christie book that that was turned into a painting. 
Ooh. You're in a mansion. It's just the way you would picture it. And it's a hidden object game, which is a kind of game I've never played before. So it's working different parts of my brain, I think. And you're also at the same time building your own island estate full on Agatha Christie like and then there were none and you have this island and you're like building things on it and you make gardens and I'm just getting started I'm only on chapter three but I'm super Ooh, wow. into it and I think you can chat and play with other players and in detective clubs which how much do I want to start in a date with Dateline detective club yes come at me on social media and let me know if you've already been playing June's Journey like the already three Oh, 30 million fans that there are out there. Wow. I was talking to my brother's new mother-in-law, and she was telling me her favorite games, and this is one of them. And she was gushing about the artwork and how the mystery keeps evolving. And I was like, hashtag always late to the party, Kimberly. But I'm happy to be here. Find your first clue by downloading June's Journey today, available on Android and iOS mobile devices, as well as on PC through Facebook games. Ooh. I'm so excited. I am so excited. This sounds right up my alley, too. Yes. I know. We're starting a club. It's going to be great. A Day with Dateline June Journey Detective Club. Katie, speaking of hiding in the bathroom to avoid talking to people, let's talk about our favorite toilet paper and how your worst nightmare would be being stuck in the bathroom at a party without toilet paper. Yeah, that's real serious. That's why I just reordered my real paper today. There we go. It's a new year, folks, and you know what that means. Podcast ads talking about New Year's resolutions. You said it. (laughs) This is no different than that. Look, right now is the perfect time to upgrade something that you use every single day and probably don't really think about. Actually, you definitely think about it if you're out of it or Mm -hmm. almost out of it. But you don't really think about maybe switching it up and upgrading to something better for the world around us. And that item is toilet paper. Real paper is one of the easiest upgrades you can make in your home. And real paper is the best premium sustainable toilet paper available. And they'll deliver straight to your front door for free. Yes. I don't want to have to run out for toilet paper. That's something I really, I'm really tired of those runs. And real is the best kind of eco-friendly product because it doesn't feel like you're sacrificing something to help the earth. Real paper is good to your body, good for the earth. And what better resolution than to help the earth in this one little way? Because every little way adds up to a really big difference to our planet. Real paper is made from 100% bamboo, so they don't cut down trees. And it is certified by the Ford Stewardship Council and is always shipped in plastic-free packaging. And the Ford Stewardship Council sounds like something in Lord of the Rings. I love it. You shall not (laughs) use regular toilet paper. (laughs) Real is also a certified B Corporation. And with every purchase you make, they are planting trees through their partnership with One Tree Planted. Yay! We love everything real here at A Date with Dateline. And now I have my sister and her two daughters getting real about saving the trees. She loves real toilet paper. That also means that my teenage niece living in the house is a fan of it too. So there you have it, folks. You have A Date with Dateline and a teenage girl ringing endorsement. Do I need to say anything else? They are the most critical of our society. It's the real deal. 
Real Paper is available in easy, hassle-free subscriptions or for one-time purchases on their website. And like I said, all orders are conveniently delivered to your door with free shipping in 100% recyclable, plastic-free packaging. If you head to realpaper.com slash date dateline and sign up for a subscription by using our code date dateline at checkout, you will automatically get 30% off your first order and free shipping. That's R-E-E-L. P-A-P-E-R dot com slash date dateline or enter promo code date dateline to get 30% off your first order plus free shipping. Let's make a change for good this year and switch to real paper. Real is paper for the planet. Yay. Thank you, real. Big fan. Change for the better. Because I knew you, I have been changed. <laughs> For real. For real. That's beautiful. This podcast is not associated with Wicked, and I can't sing that high. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Real. Thank you, Real. So Rick's behavior continues to raise eyebrows around town. His eyebrow is already raised, and then oh other God. people's yeah. eyebrows get raised. Connie's sister-in-law says that after the funeral, Rick was telling a lot of jokes. He wasn't looking her in the eye in a way that made her very uncomfortable. And he also didn't seem sad. And then Darlene and Peggy say he would text us and say, hey, good neighbors, where do you guys get takeout from? What's happening, Rick? And it was like, A... You've lived there for years. Why don't you know where to get takeout from? B, why are you Mr. Rogers all of a sudden? And then C, he's being really friendly with these text messages. A, again, I'm going to go A, A, 1A. 1A, you did not recognize them at the funeral. (laughs) 2B, when you saw them in person at the hardware store, you ran away from Peggy and avoided her. But you're being really friendly on text messages. 3C, he starts having parties at the house and hanging out at bars. And it's like, where are the children? How old are the children? Young. Elementary school. Now I'm all a tither because at this point I'm like, something's wrong. He's had a personality shift. Something has like snapped Mm -hmm. and we've gone into a different, this is Rick version 1A dot 1A. <laughs> yeah. This is a whole new Rick. Yeah. Right? It seems like something got knocked loose. No, it's loose like he has a brain tumor. Yeah, it is a little, well, or trauma. Yeah. But now, now I don't, okay, now I'm confused. Or he's just really happy because his wife is gone. But to so, be suddenly a new person that you never were before, even a little bit, they've never seen this side of him. Everyone around town starts to think he did it, except Darlene and Peggy don't want to believe it because he was such a good husband. Apparently, he was very doting on Connie at parties. He would bring her plates of food and he would rub her shoulders. And I thought, bring me the plates of food. Do not touch my shoulders. I will take one side of that being a good husband. Wow. No touching. So his parents also don't think he would ever hurt Connie. Of course. the parents... And the sister. There's a sister or a cousin or somebody. We're also meeting a cousin and an aunt. But the parents specifically in their interviews with Andrea seem sort of like they're filming a hostage video. They seem quite uncomfortable. They seem uncomfortable talking about their son. Of course they do. And it's 
awkward. There's blinking and the dad is kind of just looking off into space. And Can you imagine? No, I'm sure it's of horrible. Of course, they're incredibly uncomfortable. But it makes me wonder if deep down they really believe in his innocence or if oh. they are just supporting him very publicly, but they don't want to admit something to themselves, which I understand. I totally understand. But we've talked about this where you are going to make a forward-facing yeah, one public thing. show of a... That doesn't mean that a couple in private is not saying, is there any way he possibly could have right. done this? But they have probably, but there is, again, a lot of family that just can't entertain it because yeah. they've known that person all yeah. their life. Yeah. So the police are very suspicious. Apparently, his inter in initial interview at the hospital kept changing. First, he had said he saw her get shot. Then he had said he heard her got shot get shot and then he had said maybe she got shot he didn't even know if she had gotten shot so three different stories at the hospital and his timeline was strange the biggest thing is he said i was driving to work turned around i got home around nine o'clock a.m i heard the guy i saw him he pushed me down he ran to the wife and shot her so by his story she would be dead by 905 but it wasn't until 10.20 when he called 911. So well over an hour. So the you mom... You else the timeline doesn't work? Mm -hmm. Because she... All right. According to him, they're both standing in the closet having some sort of a conversation about give me the pig code or right. whatever. They both hear the garage door open. Yeah. She comes into the house. Now... At the moment when they hear the garage door open, does time freeze? Right. And they both just stare at each other? Yeah. And does Vin Diesel say, hey, what is that? Who's coming home right now? Do you have a wife? Do you have a housekeeper? Is a conversation happening? Because we never hear if they're talking anymore. I don't because think they did. I think he just yelled, Connie, run. Okay, but still, it takes a second from the time the garage door opens yeah. for her to drive the car in. And if she's a Katie, it means she's sitting in the car That's for approximately point. five to seven minutes, fiddling with inside, something, getting things digging, rooting like, a, like the little rat that I am, yeah. trying to get a bit of cheese out of my car, mm -hmm. and then go inside Forget something, walk back to the car, get the rock star, go back inside. Right. Like, it's a, I don't know. Or that's a good e point. Even if she just, Zina, she's one of those people that's got everything together. She grabs her purse, goes inside. It's still many seconds where yeah. what you are just standing there staring at each other. I think they were staring at each other like that Spider-Man meme where the Spider-Mans are just staring and pointing at each other. And then Rick was like, Vin Diesel? Hold on. There's a lack of communication about what's happening during this little bit of time because she would have to come in and he would have had to immediately yell run, which means that instead of just going right back into the garage, she's going wherever the basement door is in the house. Mm -hmm. So is it possible that she got a little ways into the house and then he yelled run and the door closest to her was the basement? Yeah. I need a floor plan of the house again. Yeah. So his mom says, well, the reason his timeline doesn't make sense is because he was just in shock. And I would like us to show her the smirking photo in the hospital. Be like, does his face always look like that? Uh -huh. That's what I want to know. So a year passes. 
And her friends hold a vigil for her outside again in the snow. And they're singing her favorite songs. They have mics. They have huge easels with photos and sheet music stands and speakers in the snow. These friends are incredible. And the last time Darlene saw Connie, Connie did this like, you know, the people that disappear and then it shows them on or it's or are killed and there's always this like beautiful home movie where they're saying something about if i'm i want you to remember me like whatever or there's like sweet music in their hair it's slow motion and they always have these beautiful videos That's literally any funeral yeah any memorial yeah. so but they always happen to have some sort of magical romantic footage of this person the yeah. last time darlene saw her she started singing somewhere over the rainbow and then turned around and gave her like a cheeky smile. And it's like too almost too good to be true that that's the last memory that you would have of someone. It's like a movie moment that that would be the last time. Oh, those moments make me nervous. I, I always am like, my last moment would be like, I was picking my nose and I was no, like- No, it won't be. Thanks, it won't mom. be. Thanks, won't mom. Be. And I like hung up the phone. And then that the last time they were like, what did she say to you? What were her last words? Oh. I have gas. It was not. It won't. So they're singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow at the memorial, which is so sweet. So everyone thinks it's Rick now, including, finally, Darlene and Peggy, who I love because they are, they say, we were the last ding-dongs on that train. Everybody else jumped off a long time ago. I thought that was so cute. I circled it and put two hearts by it. Yeah. Seriously, there are buds. Yeah. Hilarious. Both of those gals. They're I'm like, we them. are so dumb, but we finally figured out it was him. They really didn't want it to be him. It makes it worse for everyone. Yeah. Because you wish you would have seen something before to be able to stop it. Yeah. If it's a stranger, nothing you could have done. If it's someone yeah. you know, you feel like you could have done something. Mm-hmm. So besides his weird behavior, they realized that he had never asked them, did you see anything strange that day? Because their houses are within sight of each other. So it seemed like he wasn't interested in solving it even. The detective says, we are going from A to Z, but we're hitting every letter in between. We're crossing every T. We're dotting every I. This is the state's attorney. I thought this is going to be who's prosecuting the case. I thought he should be a kindergarten teacher. He is very into the alphabet. Yeah. And I liked it. The police have cleared the contractor. They're only looking at Rick. And then we meet a good boy named Rocky. And his and great he- owner named Ryan. Ryan, you've raised a great dog there. Ryan and Rocky, he, good pup. He, Rocky is a police tracking dog. And they take him to the scene. He tracks from where they think the intruder left the basement to the wallet on the grass. Then he tracks. They assumed he was going to go into the woods because they thought that's where the guy probably fled to. But instead, Rocky leaves the wallet and goes to the front of the house and into the front door. So they're like, the intruder never left the property he went right back inside and Mm. then rocky goes to where rick was found tied up and they think well this can't be right let's have him do it again and this time rocky tracks to the ambulance to the stretcher where rick was laying so twice he tracks right to rick and was he tracking what scent was he tracking the exit from the basement to the wallet. They're trying to track the intruder's scent. Got it. 
So it's supposed to be a burglary, but no drawers are pulled out. In the closet, there's no jewelry disturbed. Darlene one day is looking out the window again because she loves to look out the window, no shade. And she sees troopers again, deja vu. But this time they are arresting Rick. And then Andrea is talking to the detectives and she says, it seems strange that someone would have no criminal record and then just kill his wife. And I said, Andrea, are you new here? Stop What that. are you talking about? Apologize right now. Come on, she Andrea. She didn't mean it, Andrea. You know better. It turns out Rick had secrets. He was having a long-term affair with a girlfriend who was pregnant with his child. He had admitted this to the police at the hospital the day of the murder. He said her name is Sarah. They had been friends since junior high, and they were such close friends that he had asked her to do a reading at his and Connie's wedding. And the reading went, love is always patient and kind, and I'm going to sleep with your new husband, Connie. And your husband, love is patient, love is kind, and your husband will be mine. (laughs) So Rick's story to the police the day of the murder is, well... Sarah was newly single, but she really wanted to have a baby. And because Rick is so cute and his eyes aren't at all crossed and he doesn't look like somebody one who picture got cast on Jersey Shore, but then was kicked off because he was way too old. She wants his sperm because his genes are so amazing. So Rick says, great. Connie, his wife, agrees. Yes, let's have you give your sperm to Sarah. But it was too expensive. Despite their massive home in Connecticut, it was too expensive to do the sperm donation insemination. So Rick has to sleep with Sarah. So they're doing it the untraditional way, which is actually the traditional way. The untraditional, conventional. The biblical. Becky's protege. A Clovis. Becky's protege into a Clovis. Meets. Yeah. Rick says, this was all my wife Connie's idea. And he can sense the cops don't buy this idea because it's bonkers. Wonder why. And he says, okay, well, there was some cheating at the beginning. Then he admits, actually, her pregnancy was unexpected. My God. We were Rick. not planning this pregnancy. Everything I said before. Was so alive. it's not just the Vin Diesel story. It's also the lying about a bunch of stuff. Yes, And badly. And going back all on the same day. Like, you don't have your story straight. All on the same day, you're saying multiple stories. It's not like over the years your story has changed. Literally that day, all your stories are changing. So when Darlene and Peggy find out, they are shocked that this was going on. And Andrea says to them, and you thought they had a good marriage. Which I love when the hosts do that. It's almost like they're saying, you dopes. Why did you think that? I think it's also maybe, maybe she wasn't, maybe Connie wasn't that friend that divulges, that just lets other people divulge and she does not. And so maybe it's also that thing where everyone's sort of wrapped up and whoever's got like sort of the top drama at the minute sort of gets, you know, talking. But according to all of Connie's friends and family, she didn't know because they say she was not a shrinking violet. She would have told someone, she would have been screaming and raging about it. So yeah. They would have known someone yeah. she would have told one of her best friends or one or her family, if not all of them. Yeah, I agree. So the pressure is building on Rick from this pregnancy. He's worried about a divorce, losing his family. 
The trial, meanwhile, keeps getting delayed for years. And Rick is out on bail this whole time. He first it gets delayed because of COVID. Then Rick's elderly attorney passes away and his baby faced attorney intern takes over. Trent. So when the trial finally starts, the prosecutors call Mistress Sarah to the stand and she says, I thought he was getting divorced. He told me before I even got pregnant that he was getting divorced from Connie. And to that, I'd like to say, ladies, ask to see the paperwork. That's my new mantra. Ask to see divorce paperwork and compost your food waste. Those are my two mantras for 2023. I like them. I've basically given up on resolutions for myself, like eating healthier. My new resolutions are for the planet because like her situation it. is far more dire than my own, although it's close. It's like Stop almost it. a tie. But one thing I can do to ease my eco guilt and do something for the planet is lessening the amount of garbage and food waste that I'm sending to the landfill. Thank you, low me. Ooh. It's so easy. It's on your countertop. It's this white spaceship looking thing that's on your countertop it doesn't take up that much room no it's cool it's really cool you throw in your leftovers those salads that you bought well-meaningly and then ordered pizza instead because pizza is so good and then you decide to be a better kimberly and not eat all the crusts so you put the pizza crust in the lomi too lomi pretty much will take it all except for like liquids pits and bones but like all your other leftovers it can take and your cut up fruits and vegetables Throw it in there. And it makes this beautiful soil that you can sprinkle in your backyard instead of going to the landfill and producing methane. And the best part for me is that it doesn't smell. I am so, I know this sounds like, oh, you guys, I'm so random. I hate food trash waste smell so much. I gag when I walk by dumpsters. Everyone hates the smell of garbage. But you have like an actual reaction. When I'm near garbage. My trash smells like gross food trash juice until Mm. I use Lomi. Don't say juice. And my trash is now smaller. I have producing so much less of it and it doesn't smell anymore. The Lomi is so quiet. It only takes a few hours. I love doing my part for the environment, but selfishly, it's so much easier doing dishes and food cleanup. You just scrape everything into the Lomi and it's like, bye bye. It's brilliant. Turn into dirt. See you in a couple hours. Amazing. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash date dateline and use the promo code date dateline to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to L-O-M-I.com slash date dateline and use promo code date dateline at checkout. Food waste is gross. Let Lomi save you a trip to the garbage can. Turn your food waste into dirt with the press of a button with Lomi. Use the code date dateline to save $50 at Lomi.com slash date dateline. Ooh, love me a Lomi. What, what was mine that you didn't like? The Lomi. I'm soily obsessed with Lomi. No, that was great. It was the Lomi train, I think. It was the Lomi choo <laughs> You were trying to get on a train with a composter. I, I love a compost train. That train ran out of juice. <laughs> Trash juice. Katie, let's talk about the opposite of trash, your face. Oh, that's nice, but I know you don't mean it. That feels weird. (laughs) What's the opposite of trash? The opposite of trash is glamour. And there is nothing more glamorous than cosmetics with a cause. 
Let's talk about Thrive Cosmetics, everybody. It's 2023. We are still singing the praises because Thrive Cosmetics is just that awesome. They make high-performance beauty and skincare products that are formulated with clean, skin-loving ingredients. No parabens, no sulfates, no phthalates. They are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And Thrive is one of those companies that once you start trying their products, there is just more and more to like every time. I really haven't found a dud yet. They just make fantastic beauty products and even better they go beyond that with a bigger than beauty mission for every product purchase thrive cosmetics donates to help communities thrive that's why cause is in the name for a reason Mm -hmm. cosmetics they have over 300 giving partners across the country supporting numerous incredible causes also They have caused a lot of nice things to happen to my face and my family and friends' faces. I love it. Let's talk about the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. I feel like I don't need to because it is their best-selling product with over 20,000 five-star reviews. For a very good reason. It's the first vegan tubing mascara. It's got this tubing formula that Mm -hmm. dramatically lengthens each lash from the root all the way to the tip. It has clean, nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. There's nothing not to love. Oh, also, by the way, it lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking. And speaking of smudging or smudgeness, if you are in love or soon to be in love with the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara, you must put the Infinity Waterproof Eyeliner in your cart as well because they are a dynamic duo. Mm -hmm. It is waterproof and smudge proof. Also, for all-day wear, it has intense high-impact pigmentation that goes on in just one smooth swipe. This is semi-permanent technology used in microblading in this kind of eyeliner. So when I say stays put, no smudgeness, I mean it. And aside from these two must-haves, I know for me a winter must, 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 must must-have is a great lip product with hydrating powers. And that's why I love Thrive Sheer Strength Hydrating Lip Tint. Deeply hydrates lips with a hint of tint that applies evenly. No mirror needed, effortless application. It's lightweight, it's balmy, it's non-sticky, and it hydrates instantly. And if you keep using it over time, which I've been using it a ton for the past month, it makes your lips like smoother and softer Mm -hmm. with continued wear. I've noticed that too. I love it. All right. If that's not enough, go check out all the other incredible products on Thrive. Amazing skincare, amazing cosmetics. And right now you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com forward slash date dateline. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash date dateline for 15% off your first order. It's cause we all want to look good in 2023. Aww. Thank you so much, Thrive. Get out there and thrive this year. Thank you, Thrive. So Sarah, the mistress, clearly doesn't want to testify and is not being very helpful on the stand. She's saying she didn't put any pressure on him to divorce Connie or about the pregnancy. She had told him she would pretend the pregnancy and the affair never happened and wouldn't list him on the fa- as the father on the birth certificate if that's what he wanted. Why is she willing to let him off the hook for that? I feel like she's trying too hard to be like a cool girl. No big deal. I won't even put you as the father. No I think she may genuinely feel very bad. She does. She says, I didn't want to break up their family. And it's she says like it multiple times. You could have not 
done that then. But people do stuff that's kind of stupid a lot. And so they somehow justify it in their head as, okay, I'm going to be selfish in this one way, but I'm not going to want it all for me. I'm just going to let them remain as they are, even though his wife is living a lie. Like they people right, do mental gymnastics all the time. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I, I believed her on the stand because we're hearing her testimony and I'm like, okay, well, it tracks. I mean, but it's then not, yeah. she stopped seeing him, but then she started seeing him again after he was arrested for the murder. When did she stop seeing him? I don't remember that. At some point after the m- murder, but then started seeing him again after he was arrested. Sarah. Yeah, I don't feel like that looks that bad. Why Why do you think that looks that bad? Because now you're dating a murderer. Oh, she clearly doesn't think he did it. She doesn't. She doesn't think he did it. And Sarah. honestly, I'm sort of, I'm not royally ticked at the state's attorney at the prosecutor. I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a mini ticked, like a little bit tick, like a baby deer tick, because I don't understand <laughs> I'm not sure why they laid this so heavily on her. Did they not question her beforehand and know that she was going to come on and say, look, I wanted him to stay married because their whole motive for him is that right. she was going to leave him and he was going to lose everything. He wasn't. He His life could have literally just continued. But that's the is. only motive they have. So Right. Why? <laughs> they have to put her on there. But why don't they have another motive? They went for this guy. Yeah, so what was the life insurance situation? Was there a money issue? I want to know more about that. Thank you. So we see texts from Rick that say, see you tomorrow, my little love nugget. No, Barf City. We're not doing that. I threw up in my mouth. No, everyone's upset. What's worse? Hi. Where'd you go, boo? Don't go. Don't run away from me. I see you. <laughs> I see you, boo. Hi. <laughs> It's or so, I little can't. love nugget. We can't do this. I hate it. Which is worse? I'm stopped. Don't. I stopped. She took out her headphones because I was doing that. <laughs> Don't do it. I'm Don't not going to do, do it again. But okay. which one's worse? Seriously. The equal. <laughs> They're both love really nugget. Bad. So love <laughs> nugget would be instantaneous. We're never going to yeah. see each other again. So Rick's family says the affair wasn't a motive. He would have dealt with it. He would have figured something out and dealt with it. Okay. I think he dealt with it, but in a different way than you wanted him to deal with it. I think he did find a way to deal with it. So the prosecutor, Katie's not so sure, apparently. I have no idea what's going. I honestly, I got nothing. The prosecution had hard, cold data, an unemotional witness, technology, lady technology. So because of Connie's phone and Fitbit, they can see her day. She's got the kids to school. She goes to the YMCA, but her class was canceled. She goes home around 920 from the YMCA and is puttering around the house until 1005. But by this time, Rick should have already been attacked, yelled at her to leave. She would have been shot. She would not be puttering around right after nine o'clock. So again, the timeline is all off. Also, His phone shows that he actually never drove away, forgot his laptop, turned around, drove back home. He stayed at home and waited for her to return back from the gym. So Babyface Lawman says he's not a violent man and you don't go from no violence to killing your wife. And again, 
Sir, you need to watch it Dateline. is 2023. We are not new at this. Yeah. Don't pull that. He says, technology isn't perfect. Fitbit is created to make money. It's not meant to be accurate in a murder trial. And Andrea says, but you're saying every single device was faulty and inaccurate. Her phone, her Fitbit, his phone. And he says, yes, none are perfect. And Andrea says, so so they were all wrong. <laughs> and she's staring, she's scrunching up her face like, yeah. sweetie, you're yeah. trying so hard. <laughs> it's not working, though. The defense hits hard back, though. There was DNA at the crime scene that is unidentified DNA in six places. The closet, the yeah. basement. Yeah. Inside Rick's shirt yeah. and exiting the basement. Yeah. And so these are all the places where No, Rick's... no. And one more. What was the, the other one? On the gun. On the gun. So, and these are all where Rick said the intruder was. This is a problem. This is a problem. So he either planted someone's DNA, had a person there doing the work for him, with him. Or got really, really lucky. We don't know anything about this unidentified. We don't know if it's male or female. A long time ago, though. Remember, the case was settled by the time all this had happened. The ca- they were upset. Yeah, but DNA his- stays around in a basement. It's not getting cleaned. Yeah. The question was, okay, the prosecution didn't test the DNA because they didn't want to know. Right. right. They, so they don't test it. No, they do, but it's unidentified. That means it doesn't match anyone in the system. But they know it's a male? No, they don't. The unidentified DNA is all from one person? It's one person's DNA? I don't know, but I believe so. That's a problem then. Because my thought was, okay, if there's unidentified DNA on the gun, it could be from the person who sold them the gun. Mm-hmm. Right. If there's unidentified DNA on the inside of his shirt, is it his mistress's? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all these questions, yeah. but if it's one DNA. If it's all the same. That's a huge problem. Yeah. Because what is that? Mm-hmm. And it's every place that his story said. Mm-hmm. Did he have someone that he paid to be this intruder? Right. So this is where we're getting into trouble because what the parents are saying, what Rick's parents are saying the whole time is that the police were tunnel focused. Mm-hmm. And this makes it look like that. Yeah. Because why didn't you go ahead and follow through and test this DNA? Because you didn't, or why didn't you research more into right. why there is this I DNA? I think Rick was acting so weird. His stories were all over the place. And then they had a mistress. But they then, had a mistress and they had a dog that twice tracked right back into the house or right to where Rick was. Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly with a little insertion, extra info for this episode. And the producer of the episode, Michael Nardi, was kind enough to explain some things. For the DNA, the prosecutor did have a very lengthy explanation. He had a bunch of experts testify that... What the unidentified DNA was, was actually a composite of two or more people. And it was apparently a very small sample. And he asserts that it was a combination of Connie and Rick, a composite. But here's the problem. They hung their hat on this motive of the mistress mm-hmm. who they knew going in, she's not a hostile witness. She's just not lining up with what you need her to say because she didn't really, it wasn't a thing for her that she was expecting him to leave his wife. Right. At this point. But it could still be that he just wanted to. 
It could be, but he it doesn't. He wanted to be with her and didn't want to get a divorce. Even she's... though she wasn't putting pressure on him to do it, he still wanted to do it. Maybe, but we don't know that because she's not saying that. She's not giving any kind of evidence against him in that well, regard. Well, she said that before they before she got pregnant, he was saying he was planning to divorce Connie. Yes. But they also have his sister, sorry, his cousin, who says he told her about the affair and said he was going to confess to Connie. Yeah. So but who, if he doesn't confess to Connie, he instead kills Connie, he gets the house, he gets the money, he gets the kids. He gets to keep everything, right. And he gets his mistress. So let's, and it's I'm not hoping messy. They had... He doesn't lose his reputation in the community for being a cheater who impregnated his mistress. Right. He gets to keep everything and he looks like a victim of a home robbery. But if the but if the mistress isn't asking him to do that, is he really going to do it? If he really wants this other life, yeah, and wants to be rid of Connie. We see people without mistresses who kill their spouse just because they don't want to be with them anymore and don't want to go through a divorce. But he has this mistress who he has known since junior high and has this super, it sounds like very invested in. They have a very long relationship. He asked her to speak at the wedding, like a close relationship. This wasn't like a just sex fling thing, I don't think. And so I think he wants to be with her. She's cool and not putting pressure on him. And he still thinks, I'm going to lose everything. The whole community will hate me. My wife will hate me. I won't get to have my kids all the time. I won't get my house. I won't get mm -hmm. all my money. And it would just be easier if I killed Connie. And if I look like a widow, yeah, widow's gold. Widow is the story on Seinfeld that makes you look great towards future yes, women and the community. Especially if you tried to protect your wife, but you couldn't because the guy was Vin Diesel. Hence Vin Diesel. Yeah. Right. To me, it makes sense. The only part that doesn't make sense to me is this other DNA. The DNA is a problem. But I still 100% think he had he was behind the whole thing. I don't have a doubt in my mind. That's good. There's too many things that don't make sense. His lies, too many lies. And Now, if you had never seen the picture... <laughs> <laughs> if I'd never seen photo with the smirk. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I still would think it was the husband because statistically it's usually the husband. Yes. Statistically it's usually a horse. And the not husband a zebra. also has a mistress who's pregnant. And the husband is lying about his whereabouts, his story, we the do, order we of just things. Have a few, There's an hour that's not accounted for. We just have a few outstanding things in this particular case that are unsettling. And I don't like that because outstanding things that are unsettling in my head mean reasonable doubt. Right. Or appeal. I would have a hard time with this evidence on a jury. If the defense attorney did a good job, which they're one of the best firms in Connecticut. Yeah. And was, ta and was talking about this DNA. But that boy is DNA. so young. And the mentor died. The mentor what? attorney died. I don't think Trent looks that young. He's a baby. Oh my God. He has flushed red He's cheeks. a wee little babe. He's right. adorable. Don't get me wrong. I would date him, but he is little. He would not date you after this. No. <laughs> He's off. He's off. He's I done. understand. You have to cross him off. So Rick takes the stand in his own defense because, of course, he does. He's probably smirking. It was probably a bad idea. We don't know, but we're picturing the smirk. There's no camera in the courtroom, so we're just picturing smirk. And they keep showing that hospital photo with the crazy they need eyes to stop. smirk. They're doing that date. Oh, was that shade? Why 1,000%. We... 
Hold on. Can I ask you a question? Now, if you're on the jury and he takes the stand in this case with the evidence that you have, mm-hmm. would it make you think would it make you think differently? The fact that he took the stand or his performance on the stand? The fact that he's taking the stand. No, I try to not judge that because if I was innocent, I would take the stand. So would I, which is why I have a problem that he's taking the stand, because the first thing that I said is, okay, let's see how arrogant he is on the stand. He's not very arrogant on the stand because normally people take the stand for a couple of reasons, right? Number one, they didn't do it Mm -hmm. and they're insisting on it against their counsel's advice. Number two, you know, because they want to tell their story. Number two, they're super arrogant and think that they can charm everyone. Right. I don't think Rick, I think Rick knows he's not charming. Just like Rick knows he's not Vin Diesel. I disagree. I think he came up with really dumb, crazy story and thought it would fly. And the police were suspicious of him from day one. I think he thinks he's way smarter than he is. There's no way in my mind that this was a random robbery. None of it makes sense that he would re- leave Rick alive, that he would only tie up half of Rick, that he yeah. would, that he half would Rick. burn him with like a blowtorch instead of just shooting him like he shot the wife. Like none of that makes sense. So if there was an intruder, Rick had asked him to be there. I have no doubt in my mind. Okay. Since we can't see him because there's no cameras, we do see a courtroom sketch of him, and he looks like the Italian Slender Man. It just doesn't look great. And he says, I wasn't pressured by Sarah's pregnancy. No big deal. He says, the day of the attack, I heard her get shot, and I saw her fall to the ground. So that's his fourth story. He told three different stories the day of the hospital, and now a fourth story. So that's not great. Maybe it's shock. So he had told police that he heard something fall upstairs when he went back home, thought it was the cats, ran upstairs, found... What, the cats who are a loud, obnoxious mess? Loud, obnoxious mess. He found Vin Diesel on the closet. This all happened right when he came home at nine o'clock. Now on the stand... Now that he knows that there's this time discrepancy and he didn't call 911 until 10.20 and her Fitbit was walking around the house until 10, he says, I put my keys and my phone down and I decided to make a coffee. And I figured since I had called my boss on the way home saying I forgot my laptop and there's an alarm going off at the house, I'm going to be a while. I decided to just not check on the alarm. And not get my laptop, but to just veg out and search the, I guess, get my laptop and search the internet, veg out for a while. I Is he saying he was going to look at porn while he was in the house by himself? Because that makes maybe. sense to me. Maybe. I maybe never have the house to myself. I am going to look at porn and be late for work. And yeah, maybe it's like, okay, I'm just going to hang out for a second. They don't know what's going on. I'll make it more serious than it is. And so then I don't have to go in for a few hours. Right. So he's chilling and surfing the internet. I would like to see if his computer backed up that he was searching the internet. I would like to also see a picture of the Keurig, of the coffee. Was there a a full coffee mug? What was going on? Yeah. Was there a full, like a mug in the Keurig? Yeah. with With coffee in it? Yeah. So then he heard the thing upstairs. Also, did the alarm register as going off? Right. The alarm company would have a record if Mm -hmm. the alarm went off in the house. Great point. 
So he added all this time to explain why his timeline didn't make sense. And his lawyer says, well, the important parts of his story have all stayed consistent over the years. That's just false. That's not even true. He has had three different stories of what happened when she was actually shot, which is probably the most important part of the story. So there's none of his story that's been consistent. But I understand you're just doing your job and you're interning from your high school. So the prosecutor said he was looking forward to cross-examining Rick and he just can't wait to get in there. And Andrea says, did you beat him up? And he smiles and says, well, that's for someone else to determine. (laughs) But he thinks he did a pretty good job. Yeah. He points out... Rick, the devices show that you and Connie were at home together for half an hour, which in no version of his story were they home together and she was alive for half an hour. So there's one, but it's not his version. Right. None of his versions Mm -mm. where that happened. And Rick keeps saying no, no, but he keeps calling the prosecutor, sir. Like he's trying to be polite, but he's he just trying to keeps, be very polite. He keeps saying, no, that's not the whole story. Or no, I did drive to work, even though his phone was still at home. No, I totally drive to work. So the prosecutor said there were two people. The prosecutor keeps mentioning Vin Diesel just to make it sound ridiculous, I think, to make us laugh and to make the jury laugh. And I think he, it's smart because it was a really weird thing to say. Yeah. So he keeps being like, so when you were in the closet with Vin Diesel, oh, was that during your wrestling match with Vin Diesel? You were fighting with Vin Diesel, right? When you chased Vin Diesel, who was chasing your wife, like he just keeps doing it. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So Rick debate is found guilty. He gets 65 years in prison hmm. and everyone is very happy except for his family and his supporters. And Connie's light was so bright that it maybe lit up a room. We don't hear that specifically, but I think it's understood. No, they said the light was so bright that you just wanted to bask in it. That is lighting up a room, if I do say so myself. For some reason, I loved it. I thought that was lovely to say about her because she really did seem like a wonderful person. Too good for this world. and Too good and too good for Rick. Yeah. So, B-roll Bonanza. Yes. Lots of aerial snowy Connecticut footage that's lovely, isn't it? Boy, that neighborhood's pretty. So gorgeous. My gosh. I was terrified, by the way, in this episode. It's not really B-roll, but when they show us a full victim shot. They show us, actually, Rick on the kitchen floor. And I went, oh, my God. Because he wasn't dead. Because he wasn't dead. But I didn't know that yet. You weren't the only one who was tricked by that on Twitter. I was like, are they doing that now? Are they doing that now? This is what we're going to expect now? What did you think of his injuries, by the way? We do get a lot of pictures of it. I think there was a lot of blood, but I think they were all really superficial cuts. I don't even know if there were burns from the blowtorch. I thought that he said he thought he burned his mask. He thought he burned torch. the other guy's mask. Yeah, I yeah, don't remember him being burned. He with was it. burned and cut with the blow with the box cutter. But again, superficial. He was let out. I don't know how many stitches he needed. He was let out the same day. I think it, it was looked just like a lot he'd of... been hit in the head. Yeah, but I. How else did he get? So here was another question that Oliver had. Did she have his DNA under her fingernails? Did they test her? Well, she never was in a scuffle with anybody. She was shot. So all of those that he did would have been self-inflicted then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she didn't get those injuries from her. I I think he lured her and shot her. Like, I don't think he ever made physical contact with her. Okay. 
I mean, I've seen people shoot themselves multiple times yeah, to make it look like true. they were attacked. I guess it's just very, very odd that he would... He has to know how odd it is that this man would kill her and leave him alive. Yeah. That's bizarre to me. Okay, anyways. That's why I think he's not that bright. No, something's off with... I can't figure him out at all. I have zero read on him, like I said. We have another I, guy who was also... It was an attacked home invasion. He peed himself quite a few times. Yeah. Do you remember yes, that one? I remember. I do remember. And it, everyone was like, how were you left alive peeing yourself the whole time? That was a good... That was a weird one too people come up with these stories they think the police are going to buy him the police are not buying it darlene has a feather lampshade in her living room do you have thoughts on feather lampshades i have allergies so i really don't like feathers they attract a lot of dust and so do lamps so no oh wow so you just absolute no it's a no for kimberly for me it's a maybe oh i could see you with them i think they're fun and cute i'll think about it i feel like that you're just like my worst nightmare like a speakeasy. Yeah. Okay, if I get one, I'll hide it when you come. All right, Rick's hospital picture. Okay, that's done and dusted. <laughs> Peggy and Darlene around the fire pit with their wine glasses. That seems, that tracks. So tracks. It's that fire pit with the glass. The, yes. The glass that's on fire, you know? When will we have nice things? I don't know. Was my next question. My brother has one of those. So, okay. Evidence bus. What is the evidence bus that the detectives are in? Did you see it? It's like they go into a trailer and then it's all these evidence boxes. What was that? I don't know, but I love RV life. So I also love trailer police life. Evidence bus life. Okay. It's like a road trip slash solving murder TV show. And I would totally watch that. TM. Yeah. Yeah. Murder on the road. Yeah. Okay. The state attorney law office has many, many leather-bound books. I mean, they are jam-packed behind them. Those law books are thick, heavy, and maybe fake. Okay, go ahead. Darlene looking out the window drinking coffee and spying on her neighbors. (laughs) A lot of a close-up of a microphone, which we see a lot when we don't get to see someone testify, but they want us to feel like we're watching someone testify. Mm -hmm. We see like the microphone. The Rick's aunt walking through a meadow, also sitting outside with uh, the cousin. The DA has a modified standing desk, and I thought, good for him. I should be at my standing desk, but I probably won't. 2023, it's still just going to be a place where I hold my snacks. I'm still standing. Desk, desk, desk. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Not. TM. Has anyone done that? Has anyone done the Elton John? I'm still standing about a standing desk. I don't know. All right. Kim walking down the street, close up of a car wheel driving. Oh, one photo was Connie and her friend in front of a huge homemade sign, like a banner that says the worst is over. And they have what looks to be headbands on with turkey legs sticking out of them, like plush turkey legs. So I was thinking maybe some sort of turkey trot. And then like they're dressed in winter clothes. And they have a headband with turkey on it. It says the worst was is over. Like maybe they finished a turkey trot. I think that's reasonable. That's my, my first guess. thought was Ren Fair, and it's definitely not that. No, not those. No, like that's the only place I could think that gives you the big. Like, okay, turkey, the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> also, did you expect a nicer courtroom for Connecticut? Because I sort of, sort of did. Yeah, for those houses. It, is I, it possible that wasn't the actual courtroom? Maybe. Courthouse? Okay. Just yeah, because we didn't get photography in the courthouse. We didn't get plush chairs either. I was mm. like, where's the where's the plush chairs to go along with this ridiculous Connecticut life? Mm. Hmm. Brant's unhappy being on Dateline and are now associated with murder. Vin Diesel. 
Yeah, sorry, bud. Sorry. Fitbit, again, involved in a murder. This is our second Fitbit tracking case. At least our second. Andrea looked amazing. She She has this cardigan wrap thing that was very fun. And do you know what I'm talking about? I really liked it. Like a shawl wrap. She's looked beautiful this whole season. I mean, she looks beautiful every season. but And she's wearing hot pink, which is one of her best colors. She's wearing a hot pink vest thing. Speaking of vests. Speaking of vests, I'm sorry, but there was no hanky, but there, there was it? a jacket and no vest. On mine, it looked like a hanky. On mine, it looked like nothing. If so, it was dark. It was a black hanky. Mm. But I did not see a hanky. Interesting. You checking it out? You yeah. scoping the scene? All right. Yeah. I think Fashion Police for 2023 is just going to be Lester from now on. No one else really matters unless it's something. Do you think something... he knows how his one decision has altered the course of our lives no your life just because life. i am good with change there's a hanky it's very dark it's dark dark hanky you do not like change i don't i don't in know. this way if in lester loses the glasses way. i will quit the show okay <laughs> i can't if lester you we're just handle. gonna do something else we're gonna when he be has a no glasses with- he looks so diff- it's so startle- jarring to me. So yeah. if one day there is a complete switch and we are a date with below deck, dating below deck, <laughs> that under the love. deck, then you'll know what's happened. Yeah. And it'll just, we're not going to make an announcement. We're not even going to really make a big deal about it. It's going to be a seamless transition. Please join us. Yeah. It'll be great. Okay. Did you have any titles for this? I had a hard time, weirdly. I had really hard time. Vin Gasoline. That's like what a fake Vin Diesel would call himself. Van Gasoline. Van Gasoline. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. There's no debate he did it. Oh, that's great. Except there kind of is a debate. There's no debate. I just am trying to give alternate viewpoints. I know. But at least according to Twitter, he did it. Oh, yeah, probably. Lying just a little Fitbit. (laughs) That's good. All half tied up. Like, I'm all tied up. I'm all half tied up. I don't the know. Half, it doesn't work. Man, the half tied up was weird. It wasn't just half like your lower half or your upper half. It was like your right side was tied up, but not your left side. It's bizarre. Why would you not just take the time and tie up both? Did you only have two zip ties? I'm telling you, we're not. This is why I'm frustrated with this. And this is what I was yelling at Oliver about and trying to get him to agree with me, even though he hadn't seen the episode. (laughs) Is that I wasn't yelling. I was speaking strongly on my soapbox. Here's the deal. I don't think we're getting the correct story from the defense or the prosecution. I think Mm. both of them have it wrong. Mm -hmm. There is something that happened here that everyone's kind of missing the mark Mm -hmm. because none of it is – it can't make no sense. Mm -hmm. And to me right now, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. The timeline, neither timeline Mm -hmm. makes sense because the prosecution didn't really give us a breakdown of exactly how this happened. So then right. what? He cut himself and what well, where is it were all the tools found and was Yes, and they had his blood on them. And they did have his blood on them. Was there that other DNA on those tools as well or only on the gun? See, this is what's driving me crazy about this case. So also then that man, whoever, Vin Diesel's DNA should be on the box cutter, on the blowtorch, on all of these other items as well. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it was on the inside of Rick's shirt. Right, because of that the whatever closet. takedown move that he did. But see, that doesn't make sense either. The, because that the makes no sense. The door going out of the 
basement. So what would have had to happen? Here's what would have had to happen if the intruder actually came into the house. The intruder would have had to come. They would have had this standoff stare off as the garage door is opening. And then he knocks him down, books it downstairs. And he's yelling, run, as she's coming in the house. And instead of just turning around, seeing someone coming down the stairs at her and running right back out the garage where she came, locking the door, she runs across to wherever the basement door is. Does that make sense? Well, the basement door could have been right there. Like you said. No, no, I didn't say that. You said I it could be. It you don't could have be. a layout of the house. Yeah. But then so she runs downstairs and then is like fumbling trying to get the gun as he's literally right on her heels. And it, the gun is in a lockbox in the basement. So she's not only that, she's undoing a combination on the lockbox in the basement. Or so, it's just a touch thing with your fingerprint. I that hope takes so. two seconds. Okay, so maybe it's that. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's that. And then she's trying to get the gun, fuddle, load it. He's right behind her and then just grabs it off from her. Yeah, the gun no, that part doesn't her. make sense. That None part of that makes, makes sense. it seem like it was Rick. He got the gun. He lured her down to the basement and he shot her. Yeah. And a lot of the DNA stuff that's where it was and where it wasn't would make sense if he was in on it with this guy and they were trying to make it look like a robbery. And so they had, he was touching some things, but he wasn't touching other things. Rick was cutting so himself. He paid somebody. But again, but I don't know. We see no money know, moving. We have no money trail. We have right. no. I don't know how Darlene didn't see someone because I think she stands at that window a lot. But you really want her to. I want her to be your Delia. I don't know <laughs> if she is. I don't know. But I do have a title for her. The Karma Train with a couple of ding-dongs. <laughs> Their phrase, not ours. We love their phrase. I loved it. I would love to be a ding dong. Ding dongs are delicious. Yeah. Never going to give it up. Never going to. I couldn't. His name's Rick. So I got stuck on Rick Astley. Rick. And then. Rick, Rick. No, Rick. Your life is a loud, obnoxious mess. (laughs) I was really mad at him about that. And then the Vin Diesel defense. I did not have good titles. I apologize. It's fine. I was sidetracked by the cats and by trying to literally figure out a, a murder. I understand. I'm surprised you're defending him so much considering what he said about the cats. I'm not defending him. I don't like it when I'm not like clear on it. This was the kind of thing that gave me reasonable doubt. Like I try to do that where Mm -hmm. do these things line up? And this one, I can't see either one, which makes me think that it's a little bit of this, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Mm -hmm. And that to me does not equal column C for conviction. You're welcome. (laughs) I don't believe in column C coincidences, and there's a few too many here. Did you have any tweets? I'm looking to see if any were. So did anybody, was anybody interested in what was going on? Like why there was other DNA? It was just me? No, everyone just knows it was Rick. All right. It's so obvious that it was Rick. Well, then You were thinking about it like you should, like a detective. But it's probably good I'm not on social media then, because I feel like people are going to be, please don't be disappointed in me. I get it. I just... Oh, I should say Melissa M. said, this guy is here to rob him, but going full on Home Alone style torture. I think I stole that Home Alone joke from her. I should be honest about that. And Mad World said, for a minute there, I was wondering if Dateline was showing an actual dead body. I thought it was Dateline yeah. after dark. But then no, it was Rick. Seriously. And he wasn't dead. Yeah. I do feel bad for Rick's pa- family, though. Here's another part of the story that doesn't make sense. So he... F- 
climbed up the flight of stairs zip tied to a chair and Cindy Armour points out why didn't he use the box cutter to cut himself free so that he wouldn't have to climb up a flight of stairs with the, a chair attached to him. Is it that hard? The chair's folded flat, so you just have like a board stuck to your back. You just walk up the stairs. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, It's definitely the easiest kind of chair. It's not like one of those really thick cushioned dining room table chairs that weighs a lot. But still, getting up a stairs. Leg and his arm to the chair? One leg, one arm. Yeah, right. it doesn't make any sense. Sorry. Exactly. Sorry, Rick. It, this just really isn't working. Mm-hmm. Alba says Fitbit should sue this guy for talking snacks. Fitbit is mad because they're like, we are accurate and we can be used in a murder trial. Thank you. Are they you. accurate? I don't know. But oh, okay. they probably don't like them talking about all these mistakes that these devices could do. No, and they probably really don't like it if they show that she's making steps when she was actually sitting in a car and it's registering her pulling, putting her foot on a clutch or something. They're not going to like that. We didn't do that, did it? I don't know. I hope not. No, I don't think no, so. No, because they said she was pitter-pattering, right? Yeah, she, she was, was walking around the house. She was bebopping. Yeah, so, for yeah. half an hour. They were at the same at the house together. Hmm. Melissa says, anyone else notice that when Rick's mom was saying he would never hurt his wife, she was also nodding yes. Oh, no. I missed that. That's pretty much it. Did Twitter like this episode? It was a fantastic episode. Dateline did a great job. It was a great episode, but I think we all knew it was the husband right away. I think, or at least most of us did. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought they made it way more mysterious and not just as like black or white as it could have been being like, oh, it's the husband right away. Oh, well, I mean, we knew it was the husband right away when the parents are on very quickly and they're so sad. Yeah. And then we also know that, like, he's going to get a guilty verdict. Because sometimes I think, well, maybe he's not going to get guilty. Maybe he's going to be out there. You know, I've had ones where they've gotten multiple trials, mistrials, you know, appeals. Yeah. And so, and I try not to look at the time because I try, I don't want to know. I look at it by accident sometimes, but I try not to see how far along we are. And that was the one thing that when the state's attorney was like, yeah, I was, you know, I kind of, what did Andrea say? Did you beat him up? Did you beat him up? Yeah. yeah. And he was and he was sort of smiling. I was like, yeah. okay, so you definitely won this No, I think, I think everyone looks at the time. I'm glad you don't. That's good. Most people are like, we have 15 minutes left. So, That's time for an appeal. That's time for a mistrial, an appeal, a second well, we've trial. Been doing, we can do this. I used to. We've been doing this a long time. Yeah. So I think I just stopped because I was, and especially this one, I was, I didn't know I did stupidly think that maybe you would be on my same wavelength. I was like, Kimberly might not. Sometimes sometimes she has questions too. But you did question that DNA thing. It did give you pause like it did me. It totally gives me pause and it makes me think there might have been someone else there. Or there was. He pause somehow transferred DNA. For pause. But I don't think he's that smart. Maybe it was the cat's DNA. Was it even human? If you're missing our live stream for 90 Day Fiance, we had some serious cat hand boning happening the other night. It was a cat show. Yeah, we did a live stream and Katie just kept interrupting me with cats. And I was like, we got to get through Angela's story. I was interrupting you with cats. You can take it up with them because they were just coming in and giving each other bads and just putting on an adorable show. They did. For all the watchers because they, their show offs. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. It's their show. (laughs) Yeah, I should know better. It's not my show. It's their show. (laughs) It is your show. I'm so sorry. They're out next time. Cats are (laughs) out. People Cats like seeing them. Thank you, everyone, so much. Thank you, Kimberly, for an amazing recap. That was a long one. You did good. Thank you. So if you're not following us on social media, please do so. 
Yes. Because there's funny stuff happening. And we want to grow this year. We really, really want our podcast to grow and just so tell friends, tell everyone. Yeah. We steal love their it. phones and subscribe to us. Thank you everyone so much. This week, make sure to bask in your own light. Oh, that's nice. Be your own Bugatti. Bye everybody. Bye everybody. Loud, obnoxious mess, those cats. All I know about Vin Diesel is that he has a beef with The Rock, and I am completely uninvested and have seen not nary a movie with either one of them, but I have chosen a side, and it is not Vin's side. That's all I know. So... You've chosen a side in something you know nothing about. Yeah, and that is right my brand, too, if you haven't picked up on that. So... I've actually find you to be quite well researched. So I'm guessing you have a modicum of knowledge on this. And I've chosen it from a shred of something. No, it's just going on vibes. Oh, I like The Rock better than Vin Diesel. Are we going to get canceled? Are we about to get canceled? Is this a cancellation because of that statement? No. Are we going to get canceled? No, I don't think so. No, I think our listeners, if they had to decide, are Team Rock. I know Kim is, and I trust Kim's judgment. Kim loves The Rock. She has like a poster of him half naked in her room. I like him. I got. I have no problem with him. He seems very jovial. Yeah. And I think if I met him, I would, he would, I would like him. I did actually meet him. I'm just remembering. And did you like him? He seemed great. There you go. My boss was in a movie with him and I was on set and he was there and he was great. And you're just remembering. Yeah. So. Okay. So this is also could be why you like him and you've chosen his side. Maybe, but I didn't even remember that. Okay. Subconscious. Which Spider-Man is doing that? There's a meme of like cartoon Spider-Mans all pointing at each other. Oh, yes, Because there were like duplicate Spider-Mans. Oh, oh, oh. I thought it was like the real Spider-Man movie movie. I think they recreated that meme for something in in one of the movies. All the Spider-Men. Sorry, I just saw Tom Holland do that umbrella dance on the lip sync battle. I probably watched a hundred times. Oh, his, yeah. That was one of the best moments of TV. Brilliant. I was so sexy. Why is what sexy in the to world? Me? I was furious. So I was like, I was confused. I was upset. Yeah. I was really jealous. Yeah. I was like, what is that shoulder <laughs> all the move? emotions. I wouldn't look like that at yeah. all. Yeah. He's such a good. It's also that thing that's the most attractive thing when someone's just talented. Yeah. You're like, you're just freaking talented, aren't you? You're just really, really good at stuff. And confident. How's that go? How's that go for you? Anyways, rude. Rude to the rest of us.